You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Welcome back, friends, to Faith with Friends podcast. I am excited once again because today is our part two of our series on seeking God and finding Him in the Old Testament. And last time, if you didn't listen in, you can go back to podcast number 20 and hear Daris and her story about the book of Ruth. And I found that encouraging. I hope if you didn't listen, you'd go back and listen. But today I'm here with Daris and Shonda, and Shonda is going to be leading us today on a review of the book of Esther. So good morning, ladies, and thank you for joining. Good morning, Lisa. Thanks for having us. Yes. I'm excited because so many people I hear, and so many times us ourselves, we look at the Old Testament, and it's so complicated, it seems, to understand. So diving into these books, whether you've never opened the Bible before or you're a seasoned believer, it's just such a good place to find God everywhere. And it's interesting that in this book, it never says the word God, the name God. Right. And Isn't I think that that's crazy? A, I think it's a great place for so many people who in their lives can't see or feel God. But it's a great reminder that he's still moving. He's still with us. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Esther and share with all of you. I think theme for Esther is don't act for the Lord. He's going to use somebody else. Yeah. So you can either step into that invitation to be used by him, or he's going to use somebody else. The key verse in Esther is in Esther 4, 14. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard this verse before. I know the three of us have. It says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. So many people have said that cliche versus, you know, what's your such a time as this moment? And it all came from this book. The book of Esther begins by describing the scene when King, Queen Vashti was the queen of Persia. King Xerxes was her husband. And he had had this party, so to speak, for 180 days. What? Like a six-month party? Are you kidding me? Anyway. I know. I mean, like, come on, they must have been really tying one on. But anyway, the last seven days, he gave this banquet for all of his nobles, and he wanted to bring the beautiful queen out um, to prance around, and he could show her off because apparently she was very beautiful. Well, she refused. Then that started the whole ball rolling of finding a new queen. She was deposed because of that. I mean, I would have said no, too. I've been like, yeah. no, it's fine. I, I'm here with my girls. I'm going to hang out. I'm not going to come and prance around. The search for a new queen lasted, Lisa told me this, four years, which I had no idea. Um, it went all over the whole entire kingdom or the empire, which is present day in Iran. Esther is a young Jewish girl, obviously impressed everyone with her beauty and she became queen. She went into that position. Her uncle had adopted her. Her parents were killed. He was actually her cousin, but he kind of treated her like a daughter. His name was Mordecai. Mordecai served as an official. Fast forward, she had become queen. He, in his, due to his position, heard about a assassination plot to kill the king. He told the king, King Xerxes survived, obviously. He, again, he acted 
and was a participant in what God was going to do. He was going to save the Jews through him and Esther. So there was a official in the king's court. He made second in command. His name was Haman. Awful, awful man. Horrible. Very, very horrible. Super self-serving. He was very ambitious. Haman came furious because Mordecai would refused to bow down to Haman. The king had told everyone that he was in second in command and that everyone needed to pay him homage or bow down to him. Mordecai refused. He would only bow down to the one true God, which was his God. So that infuriated Haman. Haman devised a plot to kill not only Mordecai, but the entire kingdom of Jews that were in Persia at the time. Surprise, surprise, Esther was uh, told of this that Haman was going to kill the Jews, including Mordecai, she intervened. She did not want to intervene. She was scared because at that time, if you went before the king without being invited, the punishment was death. So if she refused, she would die. And again, all of the Jews, including Mordecai would die. She took it upon herself to go. The king actually accepted her. And she said, he said, whatever you want, as much as the kingdom, as half of the kingdom, I will give you. And she said, just come to a banquet for you and your second in command, Haman. He said, okay, we'll come. We'll come tonight. They went and at that meeting, he said, okay, so now what is it? What can I give you? And she said, come tomorrow night. And he said, all right, we'll come tomorrow night. I think, I really think, and what do you guys think that she was kind of nervous? Like, okay, I've got him here. What if he says no? I mean, she's going against his second in command. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think she, she was probably horrified. I've tried to imagine that maybe she was, oh, so um, patient. And yes, we have lessons to learn here. Maybe she was through the Holy Spirit that is not mentioned. It wasn't the right time. Maybe she had some kind of discernment. But when I put myself in that place, I would have been horrified. I probably would have canceled the first banquet. She was very smart. You know, it was a great lure that you mentioned a banquet, because if this guy throws this amazing parties, this guy's a party animal. And so she's smart. Come to a banquet. Let me, let me go there instead of just going in there. So there was wisdom there. The girl, the girl was wise, but yeah, I think she, I think that, um, I, I don't, I don't have the courage right now. I think I agree with you, Sean. I think she was a little fearful. Again, we can, we'll find out when we get there, but it's nice to put ourselves, and I would definitely have been fearful, for sure, with this guy. He's a king. I'm a Jew. This guy's nasty. I mean, this is a terrible situation, and I'm a woman, two guys, so there's a lot going on there. Well, and also the king, he, or King Xerxes was known for being really cruel. Yeah. It was in Kings where he cut somebody in half because the father refused to do something. Yeah was just not a very nice man. The whole lineage was nasty. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that she got his attention and he gave her the scepter in that court, can you imagine standing out there going, okay, I wonder if he's going to actually off with my head or if he's going to allow me to come in. That was, that was pretty brave. Again, Haman leaves super elated, tells his whole family. Oh my goodness. So I was invited to the queen's court, the only one besides the king. So Obviously, everyone loves me. I still hate that guy, Mordecai. He refuses to bow down to me. And I just, 
need to get rid of him. They are all of his people, his family, his wife, his son-in-laws, all of them were said, put a, a, a 50 cubits, which is 75 feet high pole and impale this Mordecai so that everyone can see that you are powerful and he is not. Great advice. Oh my God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, just, just, just impale him. Um, <laughs> Very wicked. Just then the second banquet is happening. That night after they all left and he was king, went to bed that night, couldn't sleep. Shocker. God again is intervening. He couldn't sleep. So he told the people that were in charge of all of the chronicles of what had happened in the kingdom to bring and read him the actual annals of what had happened throughout the kingdom. They told him about Mordecai saving him. And he said, well, what, what did he get for that? nothing. He got nothing. He said, what, how can that be? So the next day Haman comes in and the King says, Hey, so I have this guy that I really want to pour on some extra honor because of something he did great. Well, of course, Haman's thinking, (laughs) wow, this is my, this is is me even more. Oh my gosh. This is me. I think that you should put a Royal robe on him, give him the finest horse and prance him around the kingdom. And so the King said, okay, great. That's go do that for Mordecai. Haman, can you imagine? Seriously? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So Haman had to do all of that. He (laughs) went back home and told his wife, oh my gosh, not only can I not impale him, he's being (laughs) rewarded in the kingdom. What's going on? Just then the guys come for, for him for the second banquet in walks Haman and they sit down and the, and the King says, okay, so really, why are we here in a nutshell? Tell me what's going on. If it pleases you, can you please spare not only my life, Queen Esther says, but the life of all of my people, someone has doomed us to death. And the king said, who would do that? And she says, that's, that's him right there. That guy, Haman, your second in command wants to kill us all. The king, of course, already told her that he would give her half the kingdom. Unfortunately, Mr. Haman was impaled on that 75, 75 foot pole and the queen and all of the Jews were saved. Amazing story. Again, I think it's really just to demonstrate the sovereignty of God and his loving care for his people. My takeaway for that is if she hadn't acted and Mordecai told her that, you know, if you're not going to act, somebody else will. You either are used by God and step in or he's going to choose another. And she was up for the task and actually stepped in. She could have died and a horrible death. But Mm -hmm. what do you guys think? Let's just, all right, that's a lot. Let's start with Esther. Esther, she's the queen of the most powerful kingdom at the time on all of earth, on the entire earth. She is the most powerful queen woman, right? In the earth at that time. Right. So it's easy to look at that and say, oh, if I was powerful, but you have to go back and remember that this is a girl who's been through some serious trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. She's yeah. a young girl. She was probably a teenager when the hunt for a new queen exactly. had begun. So she so had to be very young. Who lost yeah. both of her parents. We don't know if they lost at the same day or if mom died and then dad died. But she has no family. It doesn't say she has any siblings. This is a girl that's alone. Yeah. And then God's providence steps in and protects her by giving her this cousin, Mordecai, who ends up adopting her. And then there's a search (laughs) 
and she basically wins the beauty pageant. And I think it's so easy to think she must have been drop dead gorgeous, which obviously she was. But I know that God's word says that it's an inner beauty comes from a quiet and humble heart. And she obviously was a quiet and humble girl because if not, would I put my life at risk? No. If I'm and a she was taken person? away from the only other family that she knew. Yeah. Being in the King's harem back then was not a place that anyone really aspired to be. Yeah. Once you were his queen he, and he didn't want to have anything to do with you, he had a lot of, you, know, you didn't have any like intimacy or that relationship of a husband and wife type thing. Mm-hmm. And, and do you know that it took six months for her? Or no, one year to preparation. Are you kidding? Talk about spa treatments. Every day for a year, she receives spa treatments and beauty treatments. But more interesting than that, there's another thing she did to prepare for this meeting. She called for all of her community to pray and fast. Yes. So some people will be like, God's not in this. No, God's God's silent. He's silent, but he's in it. Because she knew, obviously she knew her God she knew the only way this is going to work is if God allows it. So she calls her people and says, I need you to pray and fast. And until that wasn't done, she did not move forward. And I just wonder if while she was sitting at that first dinner, she was like, I don't feel led. I don't feel led at this moment. And then she said, okay, come back tomorrow. And she, maybe she called her friends and said, sent a text, pray (laughs) again tomorrow night. It's going down. But I do believe she had a community of women and probably men as well that were on their knees fasting, denying themselves, right, to seek God's face on her behalf and therefore on their own behalf. And that is where the beauty, like, think about that for a minute. Like, I think about the people that we've really gone on our knees for and sought God's presence. And after a little while, you're like, hmm, what's going on here? Keep praying. Yes. Yes. Let's just stop there and see what dares. I'm thinking of the whole preparation. I have two things that have popped up while Shonda did that amazing summary of a 10 chapter book in a nutshell. That was yes. excellent. I'm thinking of Hegai, the guy assigned to her. He's all she kind of had. And she listened to everything he said, according to the scripture. He was informing her the ins and outs because this little girl, and I say little girl because at 50, almost nine years old, she's a little girl. She's a baby. That poor girl exiled. First of all, exiled because this was the time of the diaspora. So the Jews are everywhere. And so they probably had built their little community, like you guys said, and she has no parents, but her and Mordecai were making a life. Right. And that's who she sent to pray. She told Mordecai, go tell people to fast and pray. It had to be them. It wasn't the girls in the harem because the girls right. in the harem were probably Persian. Whatever Haggai did. And whatever Haggai saw was the one thing that caught Ahasuerus Xerxes' attention, which was the intimacy that I think Haggai gave her about how to do this right. And so, Darius, what does that have to do with you? Okay, well, what does it have to do with me? That prompting of the Holy Spirit. It's funny because I have Haggai to talk about, and I have something that came in my mind about Haman. But over all of that is the Holy Spirit, HHH. And I'm thinking the Holy Spirit is there guiding us. And that that takes time, practice, trust, and everything else. And that's what Esther did with Haggai. She entrusted him with everything. Even when she went to go pick out makeup and jewelry, and she was very simple. He was okay with it. 
because he was there alongside of her the entire time. I kind of like Heg as we were talking about Esther's preparation in that one year. In one year, you can really get to know someone and really glean and grow. I'm saying that's even at our stage, let's give the Holy Spirit that year and see how he can prepare us for great and mighty things to save. And then in comparison to what we did in episode 20, where we saw that God granted Ruth favor. And here we come again, God granted Esther favor. Mm -hmm. And then I see how does that apply to us? God not only grants us favor, but he invites us into his presence. When he extends that, that specter, right? When he extends that to her, basically pardoning her life because she did an offense that was punishable by death going into his presence, which without Jesus, when we face God's presence without Jesus, it's going to lead to death because we're going to have judgment without God covering us, right? Correct. But I want to read Luke 2.52. It says, And Jesus increased with wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Hmm. And that the favor of God rests on us and establishes the work of our hands. And there's also a verse that says not to, not to forsake God's love and faithfulness, to bind the word around your neck, tablet write it on the tablet of your heart why this is proverbs 3 1 through 4 it says so that you will find favor and good success in the sight of god and man so Mm -hmm. how do we find favor with god writing his word on our heart yes and living in a way that reflects that word so if you're saying i want to have favor like that things to go well right now maybe your life is upside down and you're confused and you've been praying and nothing's happening dive into god's word learn about God. Let him reveal things about you and then reckon those things together. Like when we know more Mm. about God and we get a true picture of ourselves and everything he's done for us, that starts a relationship with God. And when you have that close-knit relationship with God and you know his word and you live by his word, guess what? God promises that you will have favor with him and with man. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. There was some truth that I kind of took away from Esther. I had actually done a Bible study that you're always in a battle. Sometimes it's not a knockdown drag out battle, but uh-huh. there's always going to be a struggle in your life. God has a sovereign plan for your life can either be a participant and act. And I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times so many things happen throughout the day, the week, the month, the year that I didn't act that I could have easily stepped into what God was doing. And I like Darison, we were kind of talking about earlier, or just sit back and let somebody else do what you could be doing. And the other one is that you are a part of God's plan. The fact that he allows us to be a part of this grand tapestry or plan, if you will, is crazy. He is the God of the universe, the creator of all things. Nothing is greater. And he says, I'm going to let you have a little part in what I'm doing. And how about this? This shows us this, this is all his plan clearly. Like nobody could have designed this, right? So it reminds me that he's aware of his people suffering before it happens. Right. Mm. And he uses every drop of our suffering. So this little girl that has gone through losing her parents, being adopted, being you know, taken to a foreign land with foreign people, having to lie and cover up her heritage, probably living in fear that she'd be found out. God said, you know what? All of that 
was to give you the courage for all of this. And on this day, everything's going to change. Go for it, girl. Yes. So if you're suffering and you're like, what is the purpose of all of this? And I'm just alone and suffering and there's no, no. If you're a believer, God uses every drop of suffering for your good and his glory. And Esther's story was for her good and the good of her people and for God's glory and God's people's glory. For real, for real. And it's not to minimize the pain, no minimization of that and what she went through. However, it can be used for a greater good with her anyway. And there's just no situation so desperate that God can't redeem it, which is so true. I mean, you see it through Ruth, what we recorded last week, Ruth and Esther, there's just no situation that is so desperate that God can't redeem it. And do not judge the outcome of the battle by the way things look. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes. So true. Because I do that. <laughs> yes. Do that on the daily. And we look at the outcome of the battle sometimes our way. I think of Stephen. His outcome was being stoned, but he made the Bible. And that wouldn't have been my plan for Stephen, but it was a purpose. It served the purpose yeah. of Stephen, whoever was watching, and it served Paul's yes was a, a main player in Paul's walk and eventually ministry yeah we have outcomes of becoming the queen what if the story was different we'd still be reading it because it made the bible because the lord had this plan for such a time as this that we're yeah. reading about this girl so so many years later and because yeah. it made the bible if you're listening what is god calling you to do through faith what is he Put on your heart to stand up for him. And then would you be willing to submit and surrender? Yes. Last week, we did a pod with Melinda and Tatiana on spiritual warfare. And we clearly see the spiritual warfare here. There, There is evil. Yes. We have an enemy. Yes. And he works against us. And I think this is a great lesson again, how the evil around us doesn't have power over us. Right. And God's victory for God's plan will win. Mm -hmm. So what about Haman? Sometimes our spiritual warfare, it's not as obvious as Haman was. Sometimes it's a little more under the radar, whether it's Mm -hmm. a circumstance of something really great that you can do, but you have to turn something else down or laziness. Like we were talking about earlier, Daris, when just complacency, gosh, I'm so complacent. But it's nice when it's really visible like Haman and it's obvious who your enemy is, but sometimes it's a lot less obvious. And it's a great reminder that hatred ultimately destroys the one doing the hating. Yes. It's so true. And I've seen that again and again and again. It does. Look at Haman. Hatred and evil and bitterness destroys the person carrying those feelings. Mm -hmm. If you're doing the evil and your heart is bitter and you're trying to hurt somebody, here's the warning. (laughs) You're not going to win. Right. So then that's a good invitation for all of us that have had at one point or another in our lives, bitterness and hatred. Like pray about it. Learn to forgive and surrender. Forgiving people doesn't mean they have access to you, but it does mean your heart becomes aligned again with God's heart and you leave the rest to God. So true. What a different ending he could have had. Recognizing God's people, recognizing Esther, recognizing even the people that God had put to work around him that were good people that loved God. Mm -hmm. Instead of learning from that, he just wanted himself. And what about the envy? When 
when the king said, I think we should have a parade for this great person who's helped me so much, and he realized it wasn't him, he could have said, he is a good man and he's done good work and I celebrate alongside yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. There was no way that was going to happen. No, he, he was so full of hate and bitterness and jealousy that it festered to the point. And by the way, let me let me throw this in. He didn't have a Haggai. He didn't have that sound voice. He had all of those people saying, I got a plan. Let's do this. Let's build this gigantic stick, stake, and impale this guy. Get him out of your way. A wife. Oh, and that in and of itself as well. Uh, what am I whispering into my husband's ear? Oh my God. I, I'm not going to tell him to go kill somebody, but come on, let's bring it down. Do I build him up and tell him things that glorify God? Definitely not to the extreme of Haman's wife and friends, but bad counsel from a wife. The Lord does not play with that to a child, to fill in the blank, a coworker. We have to be very careful what kind of counsel we are giving. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. So blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So what's the other side of that? Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the God. And this was terrible counsel that Haman received. He had no Holy Spirit-like counsel. And so therefore he loses. He was impaled on this gigantic stake that was built for his enemy. And that's uh, something that we need to not allow a root of bitterness because then stuff starts coming out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we need to be singing praises and hymns and, and being, it all goes right back to God. And who are we taking advice from? Like, who do we call when we need advice? Are you calling somebody that's going to tell you selfish advice? Or are you calling somebody who can pray and point you to God? I think that's very important. And I love that Esther was open for advice. Again, she was the most powerful woman at that time in all the earth. Persia was the dominating force. And she was humble enough to heed the advice. And even when they said, like, you know, go get pretty for a year, she wasn't like, excuse me. She was like, okay, then what do I do? Mm -hmm. And she was more concerned with others than her own safety. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. She had a heart that was concerned for her people and she was willing to put herself at risk. What hard decisions are we willing to make for the good of those around Mm -hmm. us? I just want to say real quick, let's hear it for Vashti also right girl come on girl don't go out there and prance in front of these men because your husband says sorry i know that we but you know she doesn't make she's written off yeah but that was god's plan but she got okay but hold on because i gotta wait i gotta argue that one okay out. go that was her job and her husband called for her and she showed no submission or respect to her husband in front of everybody in front of the entire kingdom okay. the last day of the festival okay. it was her turn to come okay. in and yes she stood up but you have to remember the times that they were living in she was not being a submissive wife and god removed her from her spot okay. you know what lisa okay. you are you're just really digging in right here because okay. i was so on Darius's side and now i'm like ah. <laughs> You're right. I know. I know. Like I'm with you in 2022. <laughs> I would tell my daughter, you need to prance in front of any man. However, men. back then, men. being at the time the uh, most powerful woman of her country, that was her place. Right. That w- he invited her over to his party, so he could show everyone her beauty. He was honoring her. Okay, she's the first. And she said I no. Guess. Okay. 
She said, no, I'm not going. And everybody heard about it. And then what did they do? Pass a law that all the women have to listen to their husbands now. Like she didn't help the community. Okay. She sent them back. I just, yeah. Okay. You win. I get it. But I'm just like for a moment, let's give her one moment of, of glory just because like, seriously, wow, there's, I want to have, to, I have to say that when I was reading this, I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, you know, no, I'm not doing that. You, you know, you're all your friends are, it even says in scripture that when he was far into his wine basically him and all of his friends were drunk and you want me to come out why but lisa the voice of wise counsel yes <laughs> is saying that we need to obey our husbands submit like, not okay, obey but let's let's put this out there let's let's talk about that for a second let's guys let's do it there is a submission and an obedience that god calls right. us to a quiet and humble heart is part of that that's a struggle for me because I'm a talker and I have strong opinions. However, because there's so much abuse yes. in communities today, I want to talk for a minute to the woman that might be suffering with a husband that's in repetitive sin, that is not repentive, not humble, doing the wrong thing, and maybe even asking his wife to do the wrong thing. Doing the wrong thing for your husband does not honor no. God. No, ma'am. So that's why you have to know God's word. And that's why you have to know God. That's why you have to know God's spirit and you taste of his goodness. Because then when you're asked to do something that goes against God or in a toxic relationship where it's bad for your health, your mental, emotional, spiritual health, like I'm not talking about the husband that it's annoying you. Right. We yeah. all get annoyed with our husbands and they get annoyed with yeah. us. I'm talking about an abusive relationship where it's no longer respectful or honoring. It's just such a fine line because husbands can be disrespectful and we're still called to love and pray for them. Right. But for that one person that might be listening that is saying, I'm in this very unhealthy relationship. Am I called to submit? Well, if it's going against what God's word says, then no. Right. It's called to Correct. honor God with your actions. Yeah. And sometimes that means leaving yeah, especially if you're in it. and that's a hard thing to say because as christians we want to teach our wives and our women you stay no matter what until it is habitual non-repentive sin yeah. in their life that is harming you thinking about vashti i think we can come to the an agreement had she been a godly woman she may have responded different and then it would have turned out different so Amen. because i do really believe i think of some of the women I've spoken to, and they, we may be listening, someone may be listening with this issue, which is an alcoholic or drug addict husband who does not mind their wives. Um, you know what? I don't like that shirt. It covers too much. Or I like for you to look a certain way so that you can be looked at in a different way. I'm going to go see my friends. I know I've talked to women that their husbands like for them to be exposed. Right. And that's a very, very uncomfortable situation it's disrespectful and it's toxic so i say that because in wisdom there's a way to respond and you're right lisa a hundred percent she embarrassed him and there's nothing worse than embarrassing a man i've done it with my husband that has probably been worse than where it shows a dishonoring or disrespect that a man is built different and they don't really do okay so then they'll act further so maybe vashi could have been right but 
but she wasn't godly and she was a Persian woman and she did not have the Holy Spirit, the wisdom to react yeah. or, or, or do respond. Make a decision, respond, yeah. make a decision that was a bit wiser. You're right. Also, we have women all around us that are in situations that are grave. And then there's some that come on, man. Oh, he didn't do this. No, yeah. you're not leaving. Yeah. And you know what? God yeah. wants me to be happy. God wants me to be happy in that jerk marriage. And he takes me for granted yeah. and he doesn't yes. appreciate God me. wants you happy in that marriage. Not God, God does want you. Yeah, but you don't know him. Oh, you don't know mine. Yeah. In the blank. Because that's just the way it is. You know, it does not matter. It's tough. How did we get here? Oh, wow. God. We're going to have to do a whole podcast just <laughs> for on real. <laughs> well, let's go back. These are some of the notes that I wrote down. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary yes. things. And he has a plan for your life. And nothing that you've been through will disqualify you for that plan. Mm -hmm. If your heart is surrendered to him. I want to say that. Because if you're living in sin and your heart is hardened, mm, he can use you, but not in the way you want to exactly. be. Exactly. Although she was beautiful, it was her quiet and humble spirit that spoke. Her inner beauty comes from a heart connected to Jesus. And our past will never dictate our future with the Lord. And that God places people, which I'm going to give a shout out right now to my girls, because God places people, mentors, leaders. For me, he places women in my life who will pour into us and help us to grow in wisdom. Like that is essential mm -hmm. to my walk with God is putting people in my life that are willing to call me out, that are willing to lock arms with me and get on my knees and pray with me. And they're just willing to say, you're totally wrong. Yeah. Go back and apologize because you messed yeah. up. And that's good. And our strength does not come from us. Just like we saw in Ruth, this really didn't have anything to do with Esther. How did she do it? because of her strong connection with God yeah. and God's people. Loving others is the most beautiful thing that we can do. Mm. Agreed. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Just be willing, you know, be willing, be available to see what God can and will do in and through you. And yeah. one other little footnote from this that I saw too, and I know you guys probably know, saw the same is that, you know, Jesus really is pictured in Esther who she was an advocate for people, even to yes. the point of death, she was willing to die for them. And Jesus did the same for his people, us, you, me, and the listeners that know him. Yep. He went before the father for us. Yes. Yep. Yep. He's always advocating on our behalf, which is amazing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. And he's also there when he extends the scepter. The scepter. He's there. That cross is extended to yeah. us, making a way where there's no yes. way. Yes, amen. What a beautiful God we yes, serve. Yeah. We do. What a mighty God we serve. Yes. I hope that you guys have been encouraged by this. I hope that you'll go back and read the book of mm. Esther. Keep your eyes open to where God could be trying to change you, refine you, encourage you, love you, and meet you right where you're at. And let us know. Yeah, if you read through know. the book of Esther, let us know. Yes. Yeah. Do you follow us on Instagram? Faith with friends underscore podcast. Do you even follow us? If you follow us and you're listening to this and it's encouraged you, would you go comment? Because we want to hear. We want to know. We want to grow. We want to connect. <laughs> we want to grow. Yes. We want to know. Yes. Shonda, maybe you'd like to close us in Absolutely. prayer. We thank you for listening. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being such a good God. Father, for allowing us 
the joy of your word, Lord, the counsel that we find in the pages. I pray for the listeners, a woman or a man that's really hurting, Father, that they would search out your word. They would read not only Esther, but Ruth and every other book in the Bible, Lord, that is meant as a love letter for us to show us the way to live, to show us the way to walk and in this difficult life sometimes. I pray, Lord, that we would honor and glorify you in the things that we say and do, Lord. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the privilege it is to serve you and to be a part of what you're doing in your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?